Welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And welcome to 2022. Welcome back. It's the first book of the new year that we're reading. Last week was just a talk episode. Yes. That's exciting. Um, I have a few things to talk about before we talk about the book. So let's do our suck and sweet first. And since it's a new year, let's explain what suck and sweet is. Do you want to do it? (laughs) I mean, it is your favorite author. (laughs) It is my favorite author. So it's from a Colleen Hoover book. And in the book series, they would go around at dinner um, every night and say a suck that they had for the day and something sweet that they had for the day. So Lacey and I do that on every episode. So um, Lacey, what was your suck for the week? So I've got a couple. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. It's been, it's been like a rough Monday. Okay. <laughs> so my kid got sick like in the oh. middle of the night last night. Like throw I up? Deal with that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not COVID. No. No. He, like, if he eats a lot of sweets, he's always done this. If he eats too many sweets, he throws up. And that's what happened yesterday. Because he's the listen. (laughs) (laughs) He was into that Christmas candy. No, he was into some donuts. (laughs) Oh, donuts. Yes. So did he get sick that night we made cookies? Because we ate a lot of cookies. No. Okay. Good. I think the most of the ones we ate were the the ones that we didn't frost. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And this was like, like he ate a lot of donuts. (laughs) A lot of donuts. (laughs) Do you think he'll uh, still eat a donut after throwing up or? Yeah, yeah. Dang. Because sometimes when I get sick, like if it's something I know that made me sick, I can never. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like that can't, can't smell it. Yeah. Catch green chilies. Ugh. Like I had a, I think I had a can that was like expired or something. And I, I had put them in like a recipe I was making. And now just like the smell of hatch green chilies. I'm like, I can't, I cannot, cannot. Um, what are your other sucks? I'm sorry. You're having such a sucky Monday. That's a, no, it's been like a sucky 2022. I'm sure everybody feels that. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yes. And we are ten days in. Yes, I know. So I got my I got some groceries delivered from oh my god. A service. <laughs> was it Walmart? No. It was <laughs> it was Amazon Fresh. And like okay. two packets of my chicken were expired by like six days. Oh, and it was stupid. Like I tried to refund it through the app, and it wouldn't take. Like it said, it took. It took, but it didn't give me a confirmation number or anything. So I was like, no, 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 no. If I don't have a confirmation number, this didn't take. So I had to right. contact their customer service. I was like, I need to know this is being refunded. Did you get your money back? Yeah, I got my money back. You know, I wonder if Amazon had a glitch because we had something that says it was delivered and we were like, no, it has not been delivered. And Steve did the same thing. He tried to do it through the app and he had to like actually call them. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, six days though. Come on, dude. You Did they not look at that shit when they picked it up? 
I know, exactly. I'm like, why was this even on the shelf? Does nobody clean right. what you know Where did it come from? Does it come from their warehouse or do they like go get it from a grocery store? I don't know. I think it comes from their warehouse. I'm pretty sure it does Ugh. because there's That's multiple scary. orders. But see, this is why I always check. I always check. <laughs> That's smart. That is smart. Um, so to cut in just real quick, because this was on my list to talk about, um, you mentioned grocery. <laughs> That's why I was like, was it Walmart? Because, you know, last week we talked about how I got apples instead of onions. And then the one lady uh-huh. got Parmesan cheese instead yeah. of cereal. Yeah. So one of my friends... <laughs> Okay, it's really hard to find at-home COVID tests right now, and she found some on Walmart, so she ordered them because she has the grocery delivery. Lacey, they sent her a loaf of fucking bread. (laughs) (laughs) She ordered for COVID, but she ordered a two-pack of COVID tests, and they sent her a loaf of bread. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like. I think that they have like animals working in this warehouse and not human beings because like who could mess that up that bad? You know, it could be a picker is what I've heard. Like a machine picker. Oh, okay. If it's coming from like warehouses. I feel like even Rusty would know the difference between a COVID test and a loaf of bread. (laughs) And he would pick the loaf of bread because he's a dog and it smells good. I was floored. And she's like, but you know what? She's like, it's really good bread. <laughs> she's like, I needed bread anyway. So, and, and I'm sure she got her money back. So, and she got her money back and she got her test the next day. So all good. Uh, do you have any more sucks for the week? No, that was it for now. Okay. Well, I have multiple as well. Um, 2022. The first one being 2022. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Oh my God. <sighs> I know. That one was unexpected, and I was like, what? Bob Saget? Listen, Betty. It's not two weeks yet, man. It's not even two weeks. She knew what 2022 was going to be like, and she was like, peace out, guys. She's like, I'm not here. Yes. Oh, God, I just hit my nose on the mic. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking day. Okay, so my first suck is that school starts in two days. And it, like, totally crept up on me. I thought I had, like, another week and a half. So I've just been over here, like, living my little fucking life. And then my professors start emailing me. And I'm like, why are these fools emailing me? And I'm like, oh, shit, school starts in two days. But still, why are they emailing me when school don't start for two days? (laughs) To remind (laughs) you. (laughs) And then one of Steve's professors was like, we're going to have a Zoom tomorrow. He was like, school doesn't start till Wednesday. He's like, I will not be on this Zoom. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be there. Mm -mm. (sighs) Ugh. Okay, my next suck. It's gonna, it's gonna make people feel some kind of way about me, but you know what? It is what it is. So, my brand new car, I took in for its first oil change, and while I was there, I was like, hey, the driver's seat makes this noise. I don't know if you heard it. Did I make, did I show it to you? When we were, okay. Mm -hmm. So, it's like when I'm turning to the left, and my body leans to the right in the driver in the chair. There's like a creaking noise, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that bad. Like it, it kind of came on a few months after I had the car, and it was only like when I was going really fast or something. But now it's like pretty much any time you turn left. Steve really noticed it on our road trip because he was driving 
part of the time. And he was like, wow, this is like making a weird noise. He was like, it could be like a bolt or something. You need to get like, yeah. this is a brand new car. It should not be making this noise. So when I took it for the oil change, I told them, hey, I just wanted to get that checked out. So, of course, they come in and they're like, hey, we couldn't replicate it. So everything's fine. And I'm like, no, it literally makes this sound every time I turn left. And I've never had a car seat that does this. Like it sounds like like a like something maybe loose or something. And that could be unsafe because the seat is what protects you in the car. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's like, OK, well, I can put a tech in the car with you and y'all can go drive it. I'm like during COVID. But they like they he was in a mask. He was in gloves. I was in a mask. I was like, all right. So we go drive it. And of course, you can fucking hear it. I'm like, did y'all turn when you drove it? He's like, no, we just went straight. And I'm like, yeah, that's oh. why. That's why he didn't told you, you have (laughs) to turn. Exactly. So he heard it and he's like, okay, yeah, I do hear that. He's like, we need, we need to take a look. Um, and he's like, listen, this is going to take a while to diagnose because it, he didn't say this, but it sounded to me like they're going to have to like take the whole fucking chair apart. Yeah. It's like figure out what it is. Cause they looked at the bolts and they're like, the bolts look fine. Like they're tight. They're not loose or anything. And I was like, okay. He's like, so we're going to give you a loaner car. I'm like, great. Awesome. Lacey. This man pulls this loaner car up, opens the door, and I'm like, have y'all ever washed this car? There is, like, crumbs everywhere. There's dust. The car is filthy. And I'm like, did someone just turn this in? He's like, no, we just washed it. And I'm like, did a blind person wash it? What the hell? And he's like, okay, here's what you can do. You can't travel out of state, but you can put your dog in here. I'm like, yeah, because someone clearly has, judging by all this animal hair in here. They gave me this dirty ass fucking car and it was dark. So I didn't even really get to see the extent of it until the next Ugh. day. Ugh. There was a dead bug in the front seat. Ew. A dead fucking bug. I'm like, who had this car before me? Did they live in here? Like, what is going on? And you know how I like my car. My car has to be clean. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe I'm the problem. Yes, I have OCD. Yes, I've been working through it in therapy. That is something that I have been working on but like i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a clean car and i don't think a dealership should be giving me a loaner car that was filthy this is covid that tells me they're not cleaning it so i took a lysol wipe to that bitch wiped everything a hand would touch and i'm like i'm gonna send them a bill for cleaning this shit i mean they have i don't understand why they didn't because they have their own cleaning area exactly they have a fucking car wash there thank you thank you and now we're going on three days, and I haven't heard anything about my car, and I'm PMSing, so I'm probably going to call them tomorrow and become a Karen. Because my poor baby's <laughs> just sitting there wondering what he did wrong. <laughs> I have this really, like, weird thing where I give inanimate objects, like, personalities. And so I'm like, my poor little Forrester Gump is just sitting there waiting for me. And he's like probably just sitting outside and he's in a he's cold a baby yeah and it's cold outside <laughs> anyways that's my suck what's your sweet for the week i'm so dramatic i'm sorry <laughs> i'm uh i've started ordering seeds for the spring garden Ooh, what are we planting tomatoes of course nice little big eggplants and sugar snap Ooh. peas yum um, anything Different cantaloupes. Sure. No. Uh, that cantaloupe you gave us was really good. 
Yeah, we got better at picking some too. They get real good. Well, I can't wait. Let me know when it's ready. Yes. That's always a highlight when we get a fresh produce from the the garden. I can't wait to have our own garden someday. You're going to have to help us come set it up. Yeah, I will. And teach us how to farm. Um, Any other sweets for the week? No, but I've got another suck. I forgot. I totally forgot. <laughs> I was supposed to take a picture. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Until now. That's okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> Why not? Today's just been a whirlwind. It had, it, yeah. I had a, I had some weird stuff at work happen today too. Yeah, and I'm just same. like, a so, planet must be doing something. It's like I blinked and it was like lunchtime. And then I'm like blinked again and I had like all this work and I don't know. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was day. Gosh. And it's only the 10th. Woo. I know. <sighs> At least our capital hasn't been attacked this year. Oh, don't say it. Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood. Shit. Knock on wood. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I should not have spoke that into the universe. Shit. <laughs> okay, a few updates. So we already talked about the loaf of bread Walmart story. Um, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. exciting. The book that we read, Anxious People by Frederick Bachman, is a Netflix show. Oh, nice. And it's already out. It is dubbed. Um, it's in Swedish. Can you watch it without it being dubbed? I don't know. Ugh, the preview I, I saw was dubbed. So um, I don't know if it has the, like, because I know Squid Game had the option to watch it either way. I don't is know it if this is on Netflix? Does. Yes, it is on Netflix. Okay, then, yeah, it'll have the option, yeah, because I hate dubbed. So, I, I do, too. I would rather just... I have subtitles on all the time anyways, so yeah, same. I'd rather just read it. Um, but I've heard it's really good and I did add it to my list. So that's exciting. Um, I'm next thing. To yes, you should. We should watch it together. That'd be fun. Yeah. Steve doesn't, he's not invested he didn't read the book. So that would be a you and me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this was on Facebook. You're not on Facebook anymore, but I posted this on Facebook. Nope. Um, so if you tell Siri on your phone, like if you just hold down the button to where Siri pops up and you say Lumos, your your flashlight comes on, Ooh. which is Lumos is the spell in Harry Potter to make your uh-huh. your wand light up. And then if you tell Siri Knox, it will get, it will turn off. Do it right now. She's not gonna hear me. It's gonna mess up my app and everything. <laughs> oh, are you? Oh, yeah, you're on your phone. Okay. Yeah. Um. So when when we're not recording, do it. I was yeah. doing it with Steve the other day. We were like, "Oh my god, it works!" So I bet people listening I'm gonna are have doing to remember. it right now. Yeah. Yes, I'll text you. Ooh, I can't wait. Um. <laughs> last week we were talking about cleaning stainless steel. Yes. Might have been the week before. And our favorite cleaning expert let me find it joanne she said hey i'm just catching up with the podcast with regards to the best thing to clean stainless steel appliances use soapy water to clean dry it off then rub in some johnson's baby oil and buff 
for the shiniest surfaces ever. Oh. Yeah. She said, you're welcome. And I was like, oh, my God. I would have ne- like, baby oil would have never even crossed my mind. But she saved us so like, much money. Yes. And she has all these amazing little tips. And I'm like, where did you learn this? This is awesome. So I need to try it, actually, because Steve just spilled something on the dishwasher the other day. This is going to be my weekend project. I don't have any baby oil, though. I'm going to have to go buy some. So you can find that everywhere. Yeah, that's easy to get. Although if you order it from Walmart, you may, you don't yeah, know you what you get. get. Yeah, so. you may get some Tylenol or something. <laughs> Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the weirdest thing to order baby oil and then they could give you like deodorant? Deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you have a Walmart grocery story, please send that in. We would love. <laughs> Any grocery store. Yes. If you've ordered something and you got something just absolutely crazy, let us know about it. We want to talk like, about it. Like, did nobody Think- order chicken breast in a week since I ordered them? Right. Like, like, how long were those? Sit- That's disturbing because <sighs> think about someone who didn't look at that and just opened it up and cooked it and got sick. Mm-hmm. Like, I would think it probably smelled when you opened it. I didn't even want to but, open it because you could tell it was turning yellow. Oh, really? Um, did you take a picture yeah. of it and send it to them? I didn't have to. I didn't have Ugh. to, but I did. That is bad. That is really bad. Because, I mean, not everyone pays attention to stuff like that. No. So, mm. Next funny thing to talk about, um, Colleen Hoover <laughs> made this post, and I just thought it was so funny. She said, I asked my sister Lynn if she liked the Harry Potter movies because we were look uh, we were trying to find something to binge. She said, I've watched them and I like them. I'm probably not some kind of hardcore fan, I don't think. Like, I don't know if I'm a Mungledorf or whatever. <laughs> Mungledorf? <laughs> and I was like, does she mean Muggle? <laughs> What's a Mungledorf? <laughs> I just thought that was so freaking funny. And we talk about Colleen all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, Mungledorf. We we have to start using that word. What could we use that as a reference? Oh, we could use it when someone orders something and gets the wrong thing. Like, oh, they got a Mungledorf. They pulled a Mungledorf. They pulled a Mungledorf. Damn it. <laughs> Ooh, funny. Um. Last thing before we start, um, I have been reading Nosferatu. Ooh. I thought you would be so proud of me. Um, I just got to say, if you think Stephen King is fucked up in the head. No. You haven't seen nothing yet, honey, because his son is so fucked up yeah. in the head. <laughs> well, it makes sense. It's his son. Yeah, Steve was like, that is just proof that trauma is generational. <laughs> like, damn. Um, you've watched the show? Or yes. have, and you've read the book. I have not finished it yet. I started okay. it and I couldn't focus at the time, so I didn't finish it yet. So from what you read, is the show like pretty spot on with the book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm almost done with the book. I have uh, like 15 chapters left, which there's like 100 chapters in it. So that sounds mm-hmm. like a lot, but not a lot. Um, I like it. Of course, I didn't like the whole dog thing. Um, there's kind of a reason for that. I don't know if that's in the show. So I didn't get that far in, so I don't know. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. But 
yeah, when you finish it, we should we should talk about it. It's it's interesting. But it's crazy that like they're both horror writers, you know? Yeah. And they're both so good at it. Well, you know. And then if when you're raised around it, you know what it is. That is true. And I didn't um I didn't realize till like halfway through the book. I don't know if I missed it or something, that he's a vampire. In a way. Because apparently Nosferatu in German means vampire. Yeah. So, and Steve said there's a very old famous movie, a German Uh movie that's about Uh a vampire, and that's what it's Uh called. And then I was like, oh. Yeah. I thought I had this, like, secret code thing, and Steve's like, no, everyone knows that. And I was like, oh. It it was like the first vampire movie ever, yeah. Yes, yes. It was black and white, yeah. Yes. We should watch it. Well, it's in German, so... Maybe someone has it subtitled. <laughs> Funny. Yes. Uh, when you finish the book, let's talk about it. Okay. So let's talk about this book. This was Lacey's pick. It's called A History of Wild Places by Shay Earnshaw. So without getting too deep into it, what did you think? I mean, it was okay. It was okay. It was a pretty wild ride. Yeah, but... I noticed things along the way, and so it kind of made the ending not so... Shocking. Right. Right. Me too. Um, I will say, up until today, I was very angry at Shay Earnshaw, and I had a lot of anger, and I will explain (laughs) why, but now I'm okay. It makes sense. We're good, and it makes sense. Kind of. And it's not a typo. (laughs) It's not a typo. And I'm still a little ticked off, and I'll explain why. So go ahead and give them a synopsis, and I'll uh, pull up the questions. Okay, so like the first 50 pages follow the point of view of this private detective sort of guy Mm -hmm. um, named Travis. Travis. And Travis has a special gift that if he touches an object, he can kind of see people that have been there whether they've mm-hmm. passed on or not. So he gets hired by this woman's family to track her down. She's been missing for five years. Name is Maggie St. James. And what a name, right? Right. Maggie St. James. She is a famous children's author, has written five books. And as he's following her trail, he ends at kind of this hippie commune in the middle of nowhere. And then it switches point of views to three people in the compound, mm-hmm. um, Theo, his wife, Callie, and her sister, B. Yep. And it goes from there. Yep. So the, before we get into the questions, the first 50 pages, like you said, are about Travis. And mm-hmm. I was so I was hooked. I mean, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. so intriguing that he, yep. he, he explains it that he like the energies you leave behind on objects, the way that he interprets them is basically like a scene playing out. So like, I think he says the first time it happens to him, it's like his dad it was like, Hey, can you bring me my eyeglasses? And he grabs him and he sees a woman that's not his mom and he sees his dad. And that's how he knows his dad's having an affair. Yeah. It was like the leftover energy from the glasses. And he mm-hmm. talks about like what a struggle it's been living with this. And 
you know, when he was a kid, he first thought he was seeing ghosts and then he kind of figured out what it was. And then in college, he like drank a lot to kind of dull it. And that's kind of why, why he's like on this, this, what do you want to call it? Um, he doesn't really know what to do. He doesn't know where to go from yeah. here. He's homeless. He's living out of he's his car. He's homeless. He's aimless. He does. He's just, his sister has just died by suicide. suicide. Uh-huh. Um, his, I think his parents had already passed on. He has done some private investigating. He gets a call from a friend who's still a detective and he's like, Hey, I have this case. And he's like, no, I'm done with that. And he's like, well, these are kind of friends of mine. So could you, like, do you think you could please help out? And it's the Maggie St. James case. And so he does. And that's what leads him. Um, he finds her car. He, you know, he finds this charm, a book charm on the road. And he picks it up and he feels her energy and he sees it. And so he follows the path that she's taken and he comes to this gate that's like, I think it says private or something. Yeah. Like it says uh-huh. thing. And he's yeah. like, that's when he's discovered like, okay, she's not dead. She parked her car here. She had a backpack with food supplies in it. She knew where she was going. Oh yeah. And definitely. then that's where it stops. And then you get three different point of views. So at that point I was like, why I'm did this angry. author... Yes. Why did yeah. this author give me these pages and have me invested in this man's story to hear from three other people? I was pissed. And like because where it cuts off, like you, he just sees that private property gate and walks past yes. it and that's it. And it's, it's like, like, what the fuck? Where the game begins and you stop and then you're just like, and then so like I kind of went forward several pages and I never see Travis and I'm like, I just what see the these fuck? same three yeah. perspectives, Theo, Kala, and B, and I'm like, <laughs> Why would she invest me in this man's story? And I wanted more of Travis because his yeah. ability is incredible. And that is so unique. I've never read something like that in a book before. No, I haven't either. I want some stories about just that. Like, I think it's fascinating. So we'll get into the questions. I might know um, where my next pick is then if you like that. <laughs> okay. Yes, I like that. Um, these are a mix of Oprah's book club questions and our own. What was your favorite part of the book? probably the inserts of maggie st james's book okay yes because yeah 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 and it's i don't know it's like her interpretation Mm -hmm. and it really lines mm -hmm. up with things that are happening yeah, yeah, and without giving too much away yet. Another thing we forgot to mention, at the beginning, in Travis's story, Maggie's parents hire him. He goes to talk to the parents. He's leaving, and they're on Whidbey Island, which I thought was really cool, um, because I've actually been to Whidbey Island. It's a beautiful place. Um, it's mainly, like, so there's a naval base there, and my friend's husband was in the Navy at the time, so that's why they lived there. They lived on the base. Um so I feel like the majority of the island's military. So I don't know if maybe I just didn't see the other side. I didn't know like non-military people lived there. Um, but again, I was just on the military base. So I, that could have, you know, I may not have seen that. Yeah. So there is a ferry and that's what that takes you like to the mainland. So he's waiting for the ferry and Maggie's mom comes up and she's like, 
I don't know that he told them exactly his ability, but I think he explained like he has a unique way of finding people. Mm-hmm. And the mother's just like, yeah, whatever. You're here trying to extort money from my husband. My husband just loves my daughter so much. Um, he's willing to do it at like pay you whatever you want, but I know you're just trying to take advantage of him. And then her scarf, like the wind blows her scarf and he catches it and he like gets a, a memory and he tells her it. And she's kind of like shook. Cause she's like, Oh shit. Like, how did you know that? Like he might um, be legit. Yes. And she says one word to him and she says pastoral. And he's like, okay. And then she leaves. So he Googles it and a few different things come up. But one of the things that comes up is a story of these men that bought this land up in the mountains of Northern California and started basically a commune. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, and then it's kind of around the area where they found her car five years ago. And he's like, shit, is she like living in like a, um, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. Cult? She. Yeah, yeah. It never uses the word cult, I don't think. No. Uh-uh. But that's basically what it is. And um I I did not read the synopsis or if I did, I don't remember it. So I was very surprised that that was the direction this book was taking. Um So what was my favorite thing? Oh, before we get into that. Um like you said, you liked the inclusion of her book. Travis yeah, talks about shadowing in it. Yes, before Mackie goes missing, she was kind of under fire for her books because they were children's books, but they were dark. And in fact, mm-hmm. like a few kids had run away doing what the main character in the book did, and one of them had died while running away. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, the press was kind of against her, media is kind of against her. Um, so I think one of the theories was that she had like run away and after he gets that information, he's like, well, maybe she did run away. And then he finds out about, about this cult and he's like, okay, well maybe she like ran away to this cult because of everything that was happening with her book. So, um, my favorite thing, God, what was my favorite thing? Hmm. It was a very well-written book. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was. Very poetic, the way that she describes things and the way that she relates things. And um, I enjoyed that. I think, God, if I, I can't, I don't think I can just pick like one thing that stuck out as my favorite. Yeah, there wasn't really anything like exceptional about it. I don't know. I thought it was a, I thought it was a very, very good book. Um, Better than most, good. I would say. It was good. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, not a five star. For than... me. No, hell no, no, no. no. <laughs> you have some, re- I, I sense some anger within you. <laughs> um, favorite thing, favorite thing, favorite thing. That we get all the answers at the end. That will be my yeah. favorite thing. Yeah. That's nice. That is nice. What was your least favorite thing? Okay. Okay. <laughs> or do we need to come back to that for you? Um, no, we don't really. Um, okay. So, B, Calla's sister is blind. Mm-hmm. And there's times when the author is in B's POV mm-hmm. and she's explaining, like, the scene as if B can see. Like, there was, for instance, there was one um, 
part where like she says the sky over is gray and like overcast and all this and it's like wait a minute we can't see so how does she mm-hmm. know <laughs> well it does the say is overcast and all of this other thing that her so she lost her sight when she was like a teenager mm-hmm and it does say that she developed basically like daredevil like abilities. So her well, yeah. other senses are yeah. just like insane. Um, but in the end, I think it really explains why she can describe things like that. Yeah. But it really, there's several other instances. Like there's this one scene that we both thought there was a typo in the book <laughs> because it calls. Oh, yes. Theo, we will get. To, yes. Yeah. It calls yes, Theo by will. another name. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of these things happen at the end. It explains every single one. And it's just it's the suspense that you're feeling just kind of feels like a letdown by then. Because then you're like, oh, yes. well, that's why this was there. And that's why this happened. And that's why B seemed like she could see, but she was blind. And Let's go ahead and talk about that, because that's going to be my least favorite thing. And it's pretty early on in the book. So, like Lacey said, the first 50 pages are from Travis's point of view, right? You get this Mm -hmm. whole story. You get this whole dude's life. um, Everything that's led him here, okay? Then you get these other three people, and you're like, who the fuck are these three people? Okay. So, on page 77, okay, this whole chapter is from – these chapters are pretty short. This chapter is from Kala's perspective. Kala is the wife to Theo. B is Kala's sister that is blind. They all three live together in a farmhouse on the commune. Um, everyone has like a different job there. They kind of live further from the main group, like the main group. They call it walking up to pastoral and then they call their house like the farmhouse. They live kind of far away from them. Um, because B is quote blind. She can hear very well, and so, like, if they're talking in the house or she's outside, like, she can hear them talking, whatever. So, Kala is swimming in, like, the little pond behind their house, and she can see into the their house from the pond, and she can see Theo and her sister talking. And she's like, hmm, I wonder what they're talking about. And at this point, so Theo is, like, the, the the night guard there's like this little hut close to their farmhouse that's on the border of this commune and there's someone there 24 hours a day and then there's one guy that does it during the day and then theo takes over at night there's also there's another character named levi he is the leader of this group he has taken over from the elders so that would be the people that started it in the article that travis found um, it was like some guys that had some money and I believe it was a, like, I think it talks about, it was around Vietnam, you know, and they opposed that and they were tired of the way things were going. So they bought this land and they were going to start their own community. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. So that's far? pretty much the okay. gist of it. Yeah. They drove a bus um, in there and never came out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And over the years, people have maybe found their way there and they welcomed them in. Well, the past 10 years, there is a plague among the trees and there is a sickness, a pox, as they call it, to where these trees are infected and they've been able to keep the infection out of their borders by like putting sage in the trees and burning it towards it. But they've had a few people 
that have gone beyond the borders and they've gotten the pox and basically like their blood turns black and you can tell that they're sick and it's contagious. So they uh, basically they can't leave. They don't know. They're like, okay, is this like a zombie apocalypse out there? Like we don't know what's going on out there. No one's come here in like 10 years. So we don't, you know, maybe the whole world is dead out there and we just have no idea. So like the rule is you cannot go beyond the boundary. That's what the, the guard is for. Well, Theo, being the little adventurer that he is, he's the night guard. Every night for like a year, he's been going past the border and he puts like a rock down at his furthest point every night. Because he's like bored. I don't know. There's nothing to do. They all read the same books. They're not getting any new books. They don't have TV. Like what the fuck else are they going to do, right? Well, one night he goes to the furthest point he's ever been and he finds a truck. And you realize it's the truck that Travis at the beginning left there because he talks about getting it stuck when he finds, you know, um, Maggie's shadow ghost, whatever you want to call it. It's his truck that he's left there. So Theo goes through it and he finds the picture of Maggie St. James, but it's kind of like part of the face is distorted. So he can kind of make out what it is. And he's like, oh, my God, like someone had their truck stuck here. And it looks like, you know, judging by the debris that's on it, it's been a couple of years. And there's, there's this picture and it has like her name on the back. And he's like, what the hell's going on? Because um, you're just like wondering where the hell Travis has been. So Theo finds this picture. And at this point, when Calla is swimming in the pond, he's having a conversation with B. And Calla already knows that he's found the picture. And she sees him looking at the picture in the window talking to B. And she's like, oh, my God, he won't let it go. And she's freaking out because she's worried if someone finds out he's gone past the border, they're going to have to do the ritual, which we don't know what that is at this point in the book. But it like it doesn't sound good. It doesn't have like good connotations. So you're like, whoa, we don't want that to happen. So she sees them talking and she said another figure appears at the window. My sister, she's leaning slightly, a hand on the counter to orient herself. And Theo lifts his head to look at her. They aren't close, but near enough to talk softly so their voices won't carry out the open windows into the meadow to the pond where I float watching them. And you're like, okay, so Theo and B are in there talking. But then you continue reading the page. My legs wade up toward the shore feet sinking into the mud, and I see Travis's head flick toward the window, as if to see if I'm close, if I might walk through the screen door and catch them. So you're like, hold, wait, what? I had to reread this page like four times. Then I had to reread this chapter because I was like, wait, I thought Theo and B were in there. And then that's I'm like, no, nope. that's when I texted you. Cause I'm like, nope, my book clearly says Travis's head. And so I'm texting Lacey cause she was further than I am. And I was like, is this a typo or is this something that's going to like unravel later? And Lacey was like, wait, I didn't. So she's going back. Cause she's like, hold up. She's like, no, that's a typo. Cause Travis is not there. Make a long story short. Travis it is, was there. Travis was there. Travis <laughs> is Theo. And I feel like this really took me out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, I'm already confused. And I'm like, was this intentional? Was this a typo? Like, how did an editor miss this? I don't understand. And it never happens again. This is the only time. So that really had me thinking it was a typo. I think, I don't think we needed this. I think this could have been taken no. out. Yeah. It's like what... 
Mm. Okay, it doesn't matter. We can give it away. So what eventually <laughs> comes to light is Levi is doing some shady things, mm-hmm. and Theo has forgotten his memory as Travis. Mm-hmm. Calla is Maggie. Uh, Calla is Maggie, and B can actually see, but she was yes. hypnotized into thinking that she can't. Yes. So. Like all these little things kind of slip through the crack that Travis, uh-huh. you know, Travis instead of Theo in that scene, and you know, B scene being described that she could see but she was blind. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it was such a letdown. All these things came to light. You're just like, oh, well, I kind of felt like that was happening anyway because yes, <laughs> it gave. Hints. I agree. It does give hints because they're like all throughout the book, little pieces are slipping back in. They remember things. Mm-hmm. B hits her head at one point and she's like, oh, wait a minute. I think I can see. I mean, this Levi dude is like a freaking magician. He's got all these folks hypnotized, like believe in shit. He's made these people forget who they are and has implanted all these false memories in their head and shit. Like he has Calla. Calla and B are not even really sisters. No. Maggie came first. Travis found her. Levi talked to them as Travis and Maggie and convinced them to stay, but then brainwash slash hypnotize them to believe they were these other people. Oh, and there's no pox on the trees. He has B out there like cutting the trees to where they'll burst or something. I didn't really understand that, but like she'll hear the trees burst at night and there. So all the people are like, Oh my God, that's the infection, like bursting the trees open. That's the pox. But it's really be out there like carving that shit up. <laughs> We're not doing the story justice. Yeah. It was a great story. It was a great book. But like Lacey said, it was not shocking no. when you I mean, learned all of these things. If they'd left, if the author would have left things differently, it would have been more shocking and I would have enjoyed yeah. it more. Yeah. Yeah, that Travis thing really, really threw me off. There was a lot of things. I mean, like on page 95, I'm like, why are they not living together? Levi and B are so in love. I mean, yeah, these yeah. are all just hints at like Levi is someone else. Like there's something more going on with him. Like he's um, the narcissist. Oh, girl. He like, is, he is like, a cult leader. <laughs> he is a cult leader. He's a great villain, though. Great. Um. Like, on page 98, I'm like, I'm wondering if her memory stuff is, like, a different life she remembers. So, <laughs> on page 104, I'm like, I think he made B blind. Calla, page 112, she finds the Maggie St. James book buried in her garden. So, it was crazy yeah. to me because I thought it was going to be a book about finding Maggie, um, which I didn't, like, it is a book about finding Maggie, basically. You just don't realize it. Yeah. And I put a lot. You don't realize you find Maggie before everybody else finds Maggie. (laughs) And that's why I was so mad because I'm like, I really liked Travis. I just didn't realize reading about Travis the whole time. But I guess while Levi hypnotized him, his gift kind of like laid dormant. But then some of it starts to creep up. Like he'll see something and he's like, whoa, what was like, what was that? Or he'll see like when he sees Maggie in their house, he's like, Maggie was here. But because her hair was blonde and Calla's hair is brown, well, guess what? Maggie wasn't a real blonde. She was a bleach blonde baby, and her hair grew out. Um, so back to our questions, I guess. Was it a fast or slow read, and why? 
I mean, it was pretty fast. I lost a little bit of steam in the middle just because I was like, mm, what's like going on? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, it was, it, it was fast. Which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? I mean, none really stood out too much besides Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his ability is so cool. I would like to explore that in another book. I mean, I was disappointed, kind of really, in a way, that B was weak, but she wasn't really weak. It was just Levi hypnotizing her that made her weak. Yeah. Yeah. Because he basically, she, like, he, she, B and Levi have a relationship, and one night mm-hmm. she tells him that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and he wants nothing to do with it, and he tells her that he's been seeing someone else as well, and by the way, they're going to get married. Mm-hmm. And she'd make a perfect leader's wife. And mm-hmm. B would not. She's too headstrong. Yeah. Yeah. And he mentions, and this is what first tipped me off about him causing her blindness. That is when she's telling him she's pregnant and he's like, well, I'm marrying someone else. And she's clearly heartbroken. And he's like, well, I always thought you would want to leave. Like you always talked about leaving. And then he kind of like starts to say something and then he stops. Like, I had to make sure you wouldn't leave or something like that. And I'm like, this motherfucker. Oh, yeah, when I'm he's like, drunk. Yes. I'm like, he did this to her. Um, she is a strong character. She does have some moments of weakness, which are all around him. Because, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like which it's Which makes sense because he hypnotized her. Yes. Um. So, character that stuck with me the most, Levi. He is diabolical yeah um scene that stuck with me the most the um the ritual so oh yeah okay there's a baby born and because of these abilities she goes to all the births because she can hear this gets a little too crazy for me she can hear the baby's heartbeat inside the mother because of her heightened senses And so she can tell that the baby's like in distress and it's several weeks early. So the baby's born and it like, she's like, I think it has a heart defect because it's heart. It's not beating right. So they're like, there's a midwife there and they have all these medical books, but these medical books are like from the seventies or I think the they said the last person that had been there since like 10 years. So they're, I mean, they're not getting new stuff in because of the pox, right? Mm -hmm. This is all outdated shit and they don't have a doctor there. They don't have medicine. So he's like, this is kind of like the circle of life, guys. I don't know what to tell you. And B's like, no, we have to like send someone out to try to get help or take the baby to like a hospital or something. Well, in Theo's mind, he's like, shit, well, I've been sneaking out like every night and I haven't gotten sick. So maybe I'm like immune to it or something. And Cal is kind of thinking that too, but they're too scared to say anything. So... Levi's like, no, we're, no one's leaving. No one's going anywhere. We just need to like be there for Colette because she's about to lose her baby and we have to sacrifice one to save the lives of many. Like this is just how it works. And everyone's like, yeah, but like B's not okay with that. The baby's dad's not okay with that. So like one night the baby's dad tries to sneak out with someone else and they get caught. And the ritual, since they've been out of the borders, is they fucking bury them up to their chest in dirt and tie their hands up above their head 
for three days. And then if mm-hmm. they live and their blood is red, they're not infected because the soil will uh, suck the sickness out of them. Yep. So like yep. after the first like five hours, their hands and arms are blue because they're not getting fucking blood circulation. And on no the water, no food. Yeah, they're getting no water, no food. Like, yeah, they're probably gonna die. Like, this will probably be what kills them, not the pox. Yeah. And then Levi goes to cut them, and their blood is black, and everyone's like, <gasps> so they hang them. And you're just like, oh my god. Well, you come to find out they they were fine because there is no pox. Levi just has everyone fucking hypnotized to see like black blood when there was none. So I think that scene really stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. What did you and then, like, around? he has, and he has his wedding two days later. Yes, he has his wedding, like, two days under the same tree that they hung these people mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of like, ooh, like, ew, this is a little bit, this is a somber party, like, uh, yeah. And then they're watch. like, oh, oh, the, their wives didn't come, the, the guys we hung, their wives didn't come to the wedding. Yeah, no shit. That was, yeah, that was crazy. Um, what did you think of the writing? Any standout sentences or vocabulary? The writing was pretty decent. I mean, there was not any outstanding vocabulary. There was some good quotes. Uh, I've got one marked on page 32. Guilt is a beast and it might just kill you if you let it. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Let me write that down. I'll put that on an Insta post. What did you say? Page what? 32? <laughs> This is well. This is Kindle page thirty-two. Uh, guilt is a beast, and what? It might just kill you if you let it. Just kill you. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I thought the writing was great. I thought she's very poetic. I thought the way she describes things, beautiful, beautiful writing. Um, it flows. It flows. It's even though the chapters are short, they're not. Some of them are short. They're not choppy. Mm-mm. She is very methodical, and she gives you exactly what she wants you to have when she wants you to have it. Except the whole Travis thing. Yeah. That confused me. Um, that would be my only qualm about. The writing is that, like, I think I know why. I, I get why you were probably trying to do it, but I think it was just too confusing. Yeah. At that point. She, maybe I think later. She was trying to show, like, the, everybody's natural memories trying to peek through. Yes. But it just it made it not so suspenseful in the end. It was too early. Yeah. It was too early. Because you're like, you're just confused. You're like, yeah. Um, would you want to read another book by this author? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, me too. Did reading the book impact your mood in any way? I mean, not really, just getting us confused. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that Lacey mentioned, the um, um, inclusion of Maggie St. James's book, because every few chapters you'll get a little bit of the book of mm-hmm. the children's book. Um, gave it a really good creep factor, I think. Yeah. Well, and so it turns out that not only is Calla Maggie St. James, mm-hmm. <laughs> Maggie St. James was born mm-hmm. <laughs> in pastoral. 
and her, her father left. is one of the founders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her mother left and took her. Yep. And then, you know, she makes her way back and gets brainwashed and turns into Cal and stays there for seven years. And it's just. And the stories that she wrote were stories that her mother told her, mm-hmm. like nursery rhymes that her mother told her. And her mother told her how to get to pastoral. And her mother pretty much knew where she was this entire fucking time. And at the end, she's like, Mom, like, why did you not? She's like, maybe you like didn't want to be found. I don't know. I don't know. That's where you were. And she thought her whole life that like her mother hated her, but her mother didn't hate her. She just saw her father in her. And the reason she left pastoral is because her father like did some things that scared her. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't know that this is the life for me. She was married already to the guy. And Cooper, the founder, was like a neighbor or something that knocked like they were having an affair and he knocked her up. And he's like, well, hey, why don't you come live in this commune with me? Well, after she mm-hmm. escapes, she goes back to her husband and he raises Maggie as his own. So when Maggie finds out as an adult that that's not her biological father, that just drives a wedge further between her and her mom. Because she's like, you know, my brother was always your favorite. This is why, because that's not even my dad. So, I mean, there's a lot going on between them, too, that you get at the end, because at the mm-hmm. end, Travis slash Theo... And Calla slash Maggie finally start figuring out who they are. Like, is the hypnotism wearing off? I don't know. It doesn't really explain that. But they start remembering things. They, um, what really starts this is when Theo says, hey, B, I found this picture in this truck that belongs to Travis Wren. And she goes, oh, yeah, I think he's the one that slept in our sunroom last winter. And he's like, what the fuck? There was a man in our sunroom? And she's like, yeah, I think so. So now they're like, okay, this man comes in at night that they don't fucking know. But no one's come from the outside in 10 years. And so, like, Theo goes in there and finds this notebook under the bed, like, of their guest room. And it's Travis's, like book that he kept while he was working that he kept notes in so he starts reading all these things and then three pages are ripped out so he starts finding the pages and this is how he starts piecing it together and maggie slash calla finds the book buried in her garden and she like starts reading it but it's also familiar to her and travis is like i think that you're maggie and she's like yeah i think i am so you're just like, whoa. I mean, Lacey and I are not doing the story justice. Just the way we're explaining it. It's so, it's such a good book. But, but I mean, it wasn't all that, that surprising because you could kind of tell what right. was coming. It's not surprising, but I was still so like invested. captivated. Yes, yeah. I was invested. I was captivated by it. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, what surprised you most about the book? I did like, I did like Travis's ability. Yes. To see everything. Yeah, it's different. I like it. I want more of that. Yeah, me too. I think what's surprising and, most is that they all go back. <laughs> except for Colette. Colette didn't go back. And I'd be, I'd like to see her story of like maybe adjusting yeah. after pastoral. Because yeah. apparently Colette had been missing for like 10 years and she was this big she Hollywood was... actress. Yep. yep. And she has a baby with another man who gets killed. Mm-hmm. He was part of the ritual. Yes. And... He was the father. 
Uh huh. And she goes back to her husband. So she doesn't remember anything when she, okay. So Colette's the lady that had the baby. And at the end, um, when Levi really just starts to like, he really begins unraveling when B tells him he's pregnant and he said, I'm marrying Alice. That really just like when B leaves him, that's when his villainy just like reaches a new level. He just like kicks it into like the next gear and he just starts making these moves and you're like, whoa, like he locks B up in a closet at one point. He's like, you're not leaving me. Um, but like, what did he, he think was going to happen? What did he think he was going to happen? I think he's just so desperate to try to keep them all there that he just goes into like survival mode and he's like, holy shit. She finds like when he locks her in the closet after she hits her head and she realizes she can see, she finds like all these books and one of them's about like hypnotism and one of them's about like being a leader and one of them's the art of war, like all of these. She's like, he's hiding this shit. And that's when she really realizes he is the like the puppet master. He's pulling all the strings. He knows that she has gotten with Kala and Theo and they know who they are and they're going to try to get Colette and that baby out of there. So he goes and burns down the birthing hut that Colette and the baby are in. But they get him out in time. But that's when she's just like, wow, Levi, you have lost your shit. And he tries to, like, strangle her. But she has a knife and she stabs his ass. Hell yeah. But you know what? Had she not been like a heartbroken little girl to go leave him that flower, none of this would have happened because he wouldn't have even known they were leaving. Before they left, she's like, I got to go do something real quick. She's trying to I be know. like a little Taylor Swift bitch. And she's going to leave this yeah. flower that he gave her so he knows that she left. And he catches her. Well, I was like, know you left it anyway when you're gone. Right. He's going to know. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, why you got to do this? And, <laughs> and after, like, he tells her that he's marrying another woman, he wants to have to do with his baby. Like, this baby is not mine. You have to say somebody else is like, she still goes yes. back and sleeps with him again. And I'm like, oh, girl. Yes. <sighs> I had to remind myself that she's probably in her 20s and we all did stupid shit in our 20s, right? That was very frustrating. I'm like, well, you do not need to go leave that She's hypnotized too, you know. She's also hypnotized. That is very true. I put on page 292 when she's going to leave the flower, like every dumb bitch before her, she ruins the plan. <laughs> okay um next question did we did i ask how did the how did your opinion of the book change when you reached the ending i don't think i did no you didn't um i mean it didn't really change i was less angry because now i understood why you had me invested in travis for 50 pages because it's the same yeah but i still felt um unfulfilled because I wanted more of Travis and his abilities and his stories and I feel like I didn't get that and maybe like I don't know I felt like maybe hypnotizing them and leaving them in the community wasn't as surprising as a different direction some other direction maybe what direction do you think would have been more I don't know, like, killing them would have been too obvious, you know, because that's what everybody thought to begin with. Yeah. But, I don't know, planting them in, like, that's been done before, too. I don't know. I, I was wondering if, if they were, like, making them drink something that, like... Drink the Kool-Aid, yeah. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I was relieved when it was not that. I was like, okay, good. So it's hypnotism. Um, but yes, I was less angry when I reached the ending. How does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? Um, I mean, it sort of works because they are in the wild. And they're rediscovering themselves, their history yeah. through the things. So. They are wild. Ooh. Yeah. Where the wild things are. <laughs> <laughs> Is this book overrated or underrated? I say it's over. It's it's got like a four point three or something like that. I say I'm giving over four stars, so I would say it is appropriate. It has a four point twelve on Goodreads. Oh, four point twelve. Okay, so it is lower than I thought. I gave it a three. Okay. So you're saying overrated? I'm gonna say appropriately yeah. rated. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she does have some other books. Ooh, The Wicked Deep and Winterwood. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Um, what, oh, did it remind you of any other books? No. No. It was a very, very original idea. How did it impact Very 70s culty feel. Yeah. Which I liked. I was surprised. How did, um, yeah, how did it impact you? I think I'll start being better at keeping a diary in case someone ever fucking hypnotizes me so I can read that shit back. Right? Start hiding your diary pages in the house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, would you have in my garden if you ever need to find anything from me? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Take up your garden and find it. Um, Look in my shoe boxes. (laughs) I always, I I saw this meme that said um, when I have kids, I'm going to like take newspaper clippings of one specific murder case and fill it in a shoebox so when I die I think that I might have been the murderer or something (laughs) (laughs) okay would you reread this book no do you think you'll remember it as time passes (sighs) I mean I'll probably remember the cultish part of it Mm mm-hmm and you know the woods having plague because that was different too but that's about it i don't yeah. think i would reread it but i do think i'll remember it just because it was very unique um yeah, it was different mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of the m night Shyamalan movie the village mm, yeah i can see that where the elders kind of know what's up mm-hmm, but they're like mm-hmm. the community to keep them there kind i mean I don't want to say that's all cults, but I think that's probably like all cults. That's the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Any lingering questions or plot holes that you're still thinking about? I don't think so. Were her abilities really heightened because she thought she couldn't see? Or was that part of the hypnotism? Good point. Good point. Like Maybe those aren't her senses. She's just seeing things, but her brain is telling her, no, you're blind, so you're really hearing this. Good point. That would be, I would like an answer to that. Um, so at the end, when they all leave, they do get the baby out. Um, Calla gets shot while trying to leave. B kills the, uh, Levi, sorry, Levi. Um, they get out. They get to the truck. Theo had gotten the keys from Levi's desk. They get to the hospital. Everyone's 
happy. The actress Colette goes back with her husband and takes the baby. She doesn't remember anything that's happened to her. Um, Maggie's parents come and Maggie and her mom have this deep conversation and Maggie and Travis are like, we're, I really didn't have anything going for me before this. Um, so I feel like I'm still Kala and Travis is like, yeah, I'm still Theo. So they decide to go back and B is now the leader of the commune and she has her baby Mm -hmm. and they like all live happily ever after basically. Yep. Yep. The end. I would like to know, I guess plot hole. I would like to know, um, how the community took that news. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, there's, there's no, what happened to Levi's Uh, wife? Yes. What happened to Levi's wife? Levi's been lying to you guys. Um, I would like to be a fly on the wall for that community meeting. And they're just like, okay. Like they just believe her. Yeah. And Travis was very careful because obviously when he takes him to the hospital, he has to explain like what the fuck has happened. So he doesn't really tell them what happened. He doesn't really tell them because he's like, I feel like that's not my place because these people are in this community because they want to be. And I don't want to ruin that for them. But maybe deep down it's because he knew he wanted to go back. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. But it was a great book. I enjoyed it a lot. So anything else about that book we need to talk about? I don't think so. I think we covered all of it. Yeah, I'm looking through my notes. I don't I don't see anything else. It was good. If you haven't read it, read it. Maybe wait a few weeks from our episode and <laughs> so you forget. Uh, yeah. Um you so two weeks from t- Yeah. <laughs> you are now forgetting. Dung. Okay. Two weeks from today, we're doing a listener's pick. And Jess from Goodreads at Goodreads and Stuff has selected our next book. So she has selected King of Battle and Blood by Scarlet St. Clair. It was on sale on Kindle Unlimited last week for like six bucks, so it may still be. Well, it's on Kindle Unlimited. It's free, but on Kindle, it's a price. Right? Is that what you're trying to say? No. Oh. I guess they must have just added it to Unlimited because last week it was six bucks and it didn't give me the choice. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, let me look. Damn it. Maybe I read that. You can get a refund. If you bought it, you can get a refund. Ooh, good. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. It's not on Kindle Unlimited. I swear it was like when like a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Well, it's now 5:24 on Kindle, so you better go buy it. <laughs> well, you Lacey's already got it. She's ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Um Jess's brother gave it to her for Christmas, so she got her copy today, actually. Nice. Yep. So if Scarlet St. Clair, um, who we've talked about a lot, and we We got to ask her some questions. We love her. Yep. We had a cool interview with her. She wrote the Hades and Persephone series that we read. So this is a new series from her. It's called The Adrian and is, oh, my God, Isold? Isold? Isoldi? Yeah, it's old. Yeah. Okay. Series. Um, I believe, yes, there's a vampire king. She's like having to marry him. It's a new series from Scarlet St. Clair. I really don't need to read the synopsis because I already know it's going to be good and I'm going to enjoy it. So right. <laughs> that's what we're reading in two weeks. This is Jess's pick. 
Um, grab your copy. Like Lacey said, it's on Kindle. It is not on Kindle Unlimited. That is my bad. It's also available paperback. Yes. 1426. Is it in the UK? Let's see. Let's see. You could also get it in hardcover. Checking. I'm checking. Are you checking UK? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm checking Barnes and Noble. Yes, it's on Barnes and Noble. Ooh, they have an exclusive copy too. They have an exclusive copy, a hardcover, a paperback, and a Nook copy. It is on Amazon UK. Whoop. Awesome. It says it's a new release. When did it come out? Oh, November 30th. Okay, yeah. So that's pretty new. So that's exciting. We're going to read that in two weeks. Send us your thoughts, questions, reviews. Oh, shit. I always do this. We have, I have a review to read for. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, This is from at Well Read Megs. And she goes by she, her pronouns. So this is a review on a history of wild places. This book was, wow, so hard to explain without spoilers, but here's the gist. In two timelines, we first see Travis, a private investigator of sorts who can see impressions or after images that people have left on objects. He is hired to use this ability to find Maggie St. James, a children's author who has gone missing. In our second timeline, we follow three members of a current day commune who have found evidence of Maggie and Travis having been in their tiny community, but they have no recollection of these two strangers ever living there. My best recommendation is to just dive into this book as blind as possible. Shay Earnshaw writing is just simply beautiful, although she very heavily relies on similes, which can get a bit repetitive. It took me about a month to read this because I kept putting it down to think about what was happening. I even started annotating and rereading sections that I liked. Uh, insert same. That's me. If you enjoy books with a certain amount of otherness, i.e. weird, supernatural, unexplained aspects, books about cults, or books with truly unpredictable reveals, this one may be for you. What I wish was different. Number one, I wanted to devote way more time to exploring and explaining Travis's gift. This was such a small portion of the beginning. Number two, there were times the plot felt a bit meandering and I wish it could have been more fast paced. Number three, the author used one of my least favorite thriller tropes plot devices regarding Kala and Theo. It felt a bit unimaginative, but I think I'm in the minority on this. Anyway, would I recommend this book? Heck yeah. And she gave it technical rating 4.5, enjoyment rating four stars. And that is Megan from at Well Read Megs. That's an awesome review and an awesome synopsis. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. We need her to write those. And I agree with everything she said. Um, I wanted more of Travis. Everything she said. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. Good review. Okay, two weeks. King of Battle and Blood, Scarlet St. Clair. Send us your stuff. Email. Two bookworms at one podcast. Two book one one podcast at gmail.com. Or on Instagram at two bookworms one podcast. Bye guys. Bye. Little say bye. Yeah.